not in Kansas anymore. You have my curiosity. Are you telling me you built a time machine? The force will be with you. Welcome back to Get Real, the podcast where we get real about all of our favourite pop culture, movies and TV shows. My name is Sam and with me, who I'm hoping has found his way home now, is Chris. I've got the sat-nav on and I'm lost somewhere just outside of New York and somewhere maybe in the Grand Canyon because I just can't find my way home. You know when um, Google redirects you and it ends up taking you on like a, an even worse route than what you had in the beginning? <laughs> Yeah, it's like, oh, there's traffic up ahead, so we'll divert you, but already everybody else has already taken that diversion, so it's even more congested than the main way. Never trust. Yeah, been there. Never trust a similar ETA. It's never the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not. We will also be talking today, because apparently everybody loves it. We're going to be talking about The Witcher, Why? Uh, what was it? Nightmare of the Wolf? I went to say Wild Hunt. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I'm that's so used to the games. <laughs> that's the video game, isn't it? Yeah, The Witcher, Nightmare of the Wolf, the new animated film as well. So, Spider-Man No Way Home, finally got a trailer if you didn't get by our stupid intro. And, and if yeah, you are Witcher. not in any way hooked up to the internet. <laughs> Living under a giant rock? Not a small rock, it, it needs to be a pretty big rock. Out of touch with the multiverse, maybe? Part of a multiverse. They're, they're where, in their own pocket universe. You know well, I mean? they're in a pocket universe where this trailer never came out because it <laughs> is everywhere. But, 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 before we get onto that, we do need a little, little, really quick little catch up about what we've been watching because, <laughs> I mean, it has only been a really short time since we last spoke. So I don't think we've had too much room to w- watch much else. But no, I know you were watching some stuff earlier, um, so I'll let you do your second because I think you've got more to talk about. I have literally, I don't think I've watched anything other than the stuff that we're talking about today of any importance. I've just been doing a lot of reading. <laughs> yeah, so I think what you're talking about is you popped around before and you, you went about what I was what we were watching then? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so we only literally watched about like just after the first act maybe just when it's starting to oh, spice okay. up a bit so we didn't actually finish it um i was watching i think it's sweet girl the um the samosa samosa yeah jason samosa <laughs> uh netflix show um not a show it's a movie isn't it um yeah which i think is based on the real life story about that absolute horrendous pharmaceutical guy who um, hiked the price of the cancer drug. He got took to the Supreme Court on it um, a couple of years ago, I think it was. Oh, damn, I don't even know about this. Yeah, so it's kind of loosely based on that, I think. But, um, yeah, it seems pretty good. It seems pretty good. Um, it's a bit brutal. There's a bit. There's a couple of fight scenes that are a bit brutal that we've just seen. So uh, You made that sound like, like a bit of a political courtroom drama and then you're like oh yeah but it's brutal jason's samosas just like smashing people in the face <laughs> yeah he's like literally he literally like there's there's a part where they have a fight and it's on a train and there's a lot of heads bouncing off metal rails which just like feels really heavy <laughs> Really weighty. I feel like I yeah. would have remembered hearing this in the news if they were like, oh yes, somebody was overcharged for cancer medicine, so everybody's fighting on trains. It's one of the, <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know, I don't know how much the fighting on trains is part of it. 
but I mean, <laughs> super dramatized. Yeah, um, if I, if you saw the guy's face, you would know who I mean. I'll um, show you afterwards. I'll find it. And, okay. Uh, We'll chat about it after. Um, but other than that, I've not really watched much else. Um, I have probably watched something of note, which is a little bit nerdy, um, okay. which I didn't mention last time because we had a lot of other stuff to chat about. Um, but I've been watching a, um animated series called Hammer and Bolter, which is a uh, Warhammer 40,000 um, animation. It's really short. Um, and because of their streaming service just dropping recently, I thought I'd just give it a quick mention that it's, uh, it's not bad. It's pretty cool. Okay. If you're into if that, t- yeah, if you're into that, if you're into that whole universe and stuff and you're, uh, are you like interested in like, not even just the tabletop, if you're interested in like the lore and, um, like that kind of like American-y animation that's taking influence from say anime um stuff it's uh it's all right it's quite short they they featured the first episode for free on their like community site and so everyone had a chance to kind of watch it but now that they've dropped the actual um the actual streaming service you can uh, watch a lot of the stuff they've got a lot of animations going uh, but it's a yeah. little bit of a hot topic at the moment so we won't, we won't i talk think too once much they get it. some more high profile um series going like obviously they've got the comic book going and stuff like that at the moment. I think it will get a lot more people into it because even if you're not interested in playing the tabletop game, like you said, like the lore and the world's really fucking interesting. Like it's one of the most interesting like fictional universes there are. Yeah. So if they can get some more high budget stuff going behind it, I think they'll see a lot of success from it. There's also I mean, they've got a Netflix um series in the works, I believe, a live action series mm-hmm. that'll be coming out. Um, but they've this. They're gonna have something in Magic: The Gathering. Um, like I said, the streaming service. They've just launched a new subscription magazine for getting people into it. Um, yeah, it's probably quite. It's probably one of those things that's gonna become more mainstream. Um, as we as we get on, and you're probably gonna see mm-hmm. it more and more about. Um, especially when like Netflix drops, and depending on how well their streaming service kicks off. But anyway, I digress. If we're going to keep talking nerdy stuff, I did watch some other stuff. Um, I finished the first half of Shaman King that's on Netflix. It gets really fucking good, you know. Like if you liked the original series at all, it's definitely worth it. Like I'm enjoying it so much. Cool. And I did also watch the second My Hero Academia movie which a couple of things that we've mentioned in uh, what we've been watching are going to tie into some news stories as well mm. on both sides so shall we jump straight into the news first it's, uh sounds like news to me let's do it all right okay so i'll keep that one rolling the third my hero academia movie is getting a western release it's going to be in cinemas subbed and dubbed on october 29th um much subbed like and dubbed. the demon slayer one was um, it's going to be a busy few months of things dropping because there's been a load of stuff announced that's coming out like before the end of the year. It's actually crazy. Um, like you were mentioning Magic the Gathering, we've also had more information about the Magic the Gathering Netflix series. Obviously, we spoke last week that the Russo brothers have left the project, but we've this is only just broke, but they've apparently voice recorded all of season one. Season 1 is pretty much just in the final animation stages now, and it's coming out the end of next year. So, yeah, we got an announcement, and also we found out that it's going to focus on a lot of the Gatewatch. 
It's getting a prequel novel as well. And Brandon Ralph, who you'll all remember, played Superman in Superman Returns, and he was on Legends of Tomorrow playing the Atom. Mm-hmm. He was also in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. He will be voicing Gideon. He's actually already a voice for Magic the Gathering. He voices Ral Zarek on MTGA. Oh, there you go. So, yeah, keeping it in the family. Um, keeping it extra nerdy again. We've got our first looks of Netflix's live-action adaptation of Cowboy Bebop, which is, like, one of the most famous and well-received anime of all time. It's, like, it's up there with Ghost in the Shell, so this is, like, a big production. Mm-hmm. Um, so, similar to how Ghost in the Shell got a Western adaptation, we're getting one of Cowboy Bebop. This comes out at the end of the year. I did have a date, but I've lost it to try and find the actors' names. It's coming out, I think, late October again. Um, But this is being led by um, John Chow, uh, who you'll know from like Harold and Kumar, um, American Pie, and stuff like that. Um, He he does a lot of comedies, so he's quite good for the lead role of Spike, who's sort of like this wisecracking mercenary who's He's like got a dark past, but he's still like kind of lighthearted. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this looks really sick from what we've seen of it. Um, we've seen that we are getting the corgi in there as well. The the like going balls to the wall. They've kind of made it look a bit more realistic, which works for it. Yeah, cool. Um, is there anything that you've got, or do you want me to just keep rattling on? Um, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, the only bit of news I got is one of our main topics. So, uh, if there's any more okay. bits to rattle yeah, on about, then... I've got, I've got some more stuff. Uh, more leaks from the set of Black Panther Two. Letitia Wright has suffered a minor injury while shooting. I think it was on a police system. Uh, she was doing a stunt of some kind. It was only a small one. She ended up going to hospital, but I don't think she's necessarily back on set yet, but she is doing okay. Mm, um, they've not had to really pause production or anything for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've also had behind-the-scenes leaks of photos. I believe this is in costume when they're going to visit MIT because it's on the MIT set. We've had a first look at uh, Danae Guerrera as Okoye and Letitia Wright as Shuri. We're seeing them in like their streetwear costumes, which seem quite fitting for their characters, so I assume this is all on set stuff. And we've got a shot, but it's kind of like we don't really see anything of the actress who is playing a... Um, I've just closed the article down, so I've forgotten her name, who's playing Riri Williams, but she is head-to-toe, like, black sunglasses, black cloak over what she's wearing and everything. Okay. Um, as well, um, we've also got a shot of Letitia Wright wearing the same thing. So I don't know if some of the costumes that they're wearing there are possible spoilers. So they're trying to like hide it away. You know, similar to how we saw Hugh McGregor came out with a black cloak over his Jedi robes and stuff like that. Oh yeah. So you can't really see what's going on. And okay. we've had apparently this was public knowledge, but I think we missed it. Uh, I'm going to butcher this name. I'm really sorry. It's a Mexican name. Tenoch Hereta, who was from Narcos Mexico and The Forever Purge and films like that, is apparently playing one of the lead antagonists. Uh, we don't know who yet. People are saying possibly Neymar. Um, it would be a, a bit of a different look for Neymar, but I, w- I wouldn't be bothered by it. Um, everybody's um, singing his praises of his performance in Narcos Mexico. Okay, yeah, I know who you mean. 
You've watched that. I haven't watched that yet, so yeah, you I've might just, be able to say. I've just searched it and just trying to remember who he played in Narcos Mexico. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's give it a oh, quick check. Oh, yeah. IMDb now. Yeah, I don't know who he's going to be playing, though. Oh, is he going to be playing Neymar? Uh, we don't know. We, we just know he's playing an antagonist. We don't even know if Neymar's in this film. People are just speculating, you know what I mean? Uh, he played Raphael in Narcos Mexico. Mm, interesting. Um, He'd make yeah. a pretty cool Neymar. Yeah. I'm uh, looking at him like where he's in Narcos and he's got like the curlyish hair and stuff and I can kind of see the whole like if he had like longish hair and had that vibe, so... Yeah, it could possibly be a bit more of like almost like a Jason Momoa Aquaman sort of vibe to Neymar, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, carrying on going, keeping it comic book related. The Old Guard Two has been announced, and it's got a new director that we definitely uh, didn't need. We both hated this film, yeah. so the reviews on it are shocking. I don't know how it's managed to get a sequel. It must have either they signed a contract to make two films or. Maybe it streamed well enough on Netflix that they thought it was worth it, even though it wasn't well received. Maybe they thought they can get enough clicks on it to make it worth it. But is Victoria Mahoney is directing it now? She has been like a second unit director for J.J. Abrams on Rise of Skywalker and other um, big Hollywood projects. I believe she has um, led direct. She's directed of episodes of. Um, Lovecraft County, Grey's Anatomy, Queen Sugar, You, Power, and I Am the Night. So she's worked on some pretty big TV shows. I don't know what film she's worked on other than uh, Rise of Skywalker, but okay. So it's know. got legs. Make, yeah, she she might be able to make it better, but that first one was shocking. Whether the <laughs> writing's still the same is going to be the the big thing. Oh dear. Um, Candyman. So the new horror film Candyman, uh, the twenty twenty one reboot yeah has been certified fresh on rotten tomatoes so guess what we're watching this halloween sam oh no do we have to watch a horror <laughs> film yeah but it's got yaya abdul mantine the second in it i know so, just for the name alone well i don't know maybe you can get another guest to do that <laughs> i don't like you've got to do something spoopy for halloween even if it's not that we'll have to do something spoopy i think didn't we do the halloween trilogy for our last Halloween episode. Didn't I watch that? No, we watched the original and we watched the new one. Oh, okay. We definitely didn't watch a trilogy. Oh, well, it <laughs> felt, there's, felt there's like what, a trilogy. Oh, no, no, there's a new, new one that's come out, right? That's where I'm thinking uh, It's not out yet. It was meant to be coming out this Halloween, but it got pushed back. There's two more coming. Um, yeah, there's like 10 Halloween films in total. Oh, right. Oh, so it's like a centrilogy. A centrilogy. A century. Yeah, 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 sure. <laughs> a decade. It'll be deck, wouldn't it, for ten? Yeah. Cent is a hundred. Cent will be a hundred hundred Halloween films. A um, hundred so more years of Halloween. <laughs> Never-ending Halloween. The Halloween long Halloween. The long Halloween. The longest. <laughs> the longest of Halloweens. The the long Halloween is a Batman story, isn't it? It certainly I'd is. Like to see that. that was the mm, yeah. uh, that was a reference there. Yeah, anyway, yeah, c- yeah, continue yeah. on with your news. Okay, uh, Barbara Broccoli. That's a not a made up name. That's a real name. Barbara Broccoli and of the Michael Wilson. infamous Broccoli family. 
We saw yeah, the infamous yeah. Broccoli family and Michael Wilson, who are both lead producers on No Time to Die, have come out and said that they are more bothered about the the UK performance of No Time to Die rather than the US. They seem to think that uh, Bond is such a staple British franchise that they're more interested in how the British audience responds to it as to whether they carry on with films and how the franchise moves forward, which is really interesting to hear considering we are a small nation. We've got like quite a high population, but we're such a small country, especially compared to the US. Um, they're more bothered about how this performs in the UK now after COVID and stuff. I mean, they probably would be because it's all like Bond's heritage, you know. It's like, yeah, and it is a British production as well. Like it, it's funded by like the BBC and the National Lottery and stuff like that. In parts, maybe not the BBC, but definitely the National Lottery. And it is like a lot of British people work on this, so it does make sense. Mm-hmm. It's we nice to hear, though. I know Bond uh, doesn't. It... Don't the Bond films usually do quite well in like over in the East as well? Yeah. Um... It's either China or Japan, one or the other. They absolutely love it. They lap it up. So, yeah, it it's it's currently set for October eighth, but whether that happens or not, whether he can find time in his calendar to die, we don't know. He is gonna have to find some time to die pretty pronto. <laughs> I just can't wait for him to die. You know what I mean? Just oh, get gosh. it over and done with at this point. It's a bit dark of you that. <laughs> I love the Bond films, though, so, you know. Um, only two stories left. We've rattled through these, man. We've rattled through these. Going back to Yahya Abdul-Mantin II, because that is the coolest name in Hollywood. Sorry, Giancarlo Esposito. Step aside. <laughs> um, uh, on-set footage apparently supports the rumour that Yahya Abdul-Mantin II will be playing a young version of Morpheus, which was earlier rumoured but apparently now we've had some leaks that are saying it's more likely to be happening. Mm. So multiple different timelines going on in this film. You don't get like an actor like him just to be in like one flashback scene probably. Yeah, so yeah, sure. Maybe something to do with the Matrix, like a version of him within this new version of the Matrix is younger. Maybe when Lawrence Fishburne um, like goes into the Matrix, he comes out as... Lawrence um, Fishburne. Or maybe he comes out as yeah yeah Abdul Mantin yeah, yeah. second. Like they put him into a younger body or something, maybe. Mm. It is Lawrence Fishburne, isn't it? It is Lawrence yeah. Fishburne. Yes, it is. Yes. <laughs> I was just remembering because Samuel Jackson used to make jokes about he used to get mixed up with Lawrence Fishburne. And I was like, I'm making sure that I had the right person in my head. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like, that's what else we've watched, Chris. We forgot to mention it. We also watched What If. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We did. We did. Yes. What did you think of the third episode? Uh, yeah, it was good. I uh, I really I, liked the third one. It was a bit, of was, a, a bit of a detective story, a bit of a whodunit kind of thing, and it was a quite a pleasant twist on who did do it. Yeah, I, I didn't see any of it coming, you know what I mean? It, like, it all surprised me. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, uh, I, won't, I won't say what happens for spoilers, but the big splat really surprised me. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I thought this one was really interesting because it was so far away from other stuff. Obviously, like certain things happen in the way that other MCU films have happened, but they're all completely different spins on it. So it was nice to see lots of new stuff instead of just like one big change to something. Mm-hmm. So keeping it Disney and probably more likely keeping it Disney Plus related with What If, um, 
We had an announcement ages ago of another live-action Lion King, and it's a prequel, apparently, by Barry Jenkins. I know we knew that it was by Barry Jenkins, but I don't think we knew it was a prequel. Um, so they have cast Young Mufasa and uh, Young Scar, and obviously James Earl Jones will not be returning as Mufasa because I think his voice might be a little bit too old. Also, do we need this film? Uh, do, probably not. Do we need it? No, Absolutely, I don't probably think so. not. I don't think so. I think um, we probably need it as it? much as what we need the old guard to. <laughs> yeah. So it's Aaron Pierre is voicing young Mufasa and Kelvin Harris Jr. has been cast as Taka, who will grow up to become the iconic villain Scar. So okay. let's double check who these guys are because I recognize the name. Aaron Pierre. Oh, he's in old. He's in the new old film. Okay. He was cool. on Krypton. And who was the other one? It was Kelvin, Kelvin Harrison Jr. I recognise both these names and faces. Where do I know them from? Waves, Monster, The High No. I think it was Waves that I recognise him from. He's done a lot of TV shows with um, Forrest Whitaker. That's okay, probably cool. where I've seen him before. Um, yeah, so that's all the newsy, newsy news that I've got. Unless okay. you've got anything. Uh, no, I've not really got anything else to add there, mate. I think we're just straight on to... Now, is there any trailers? other trailers? Um, there's uh, a couple that I just want to mention really quickly, just because we've got release dates for them and stuff. So mm-hmm. we've had our first look at Spencer starring Christian Stewart as Princess Diana. I think this looks extremely like too close to what we've just got from The Crown. Uh, but she does look really good in the role. And this is coming out on November 5th. And it it's also, I think that's the US release date. I don't think we've had a European release date yet. Um, I think she looks really good in the role, though. But it looks like ground that we've just had covered in The Crown. And it it's definitely a Hollywood version of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the King's Man. Oh, we've got another the, trailer the for this Kingsman. film that's yeah. been coming out for forever as well. So I forgot about this film until last weekend. Um, I was talking to someone about, uh, what's his name, Reese Ivans, is it, who's playing Rasputin in it. Okay. Um, I was talking to him, and he was like, oh, where do I know his face from? I was like, oh, he's in the upcoming The King's Man. I was like, oh, yeah, that's a film that hasn't come out yet, has it? Um, Yes, we got a new release date of December 22nd. December is stacked at the moment for films. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, this was a new Red Band trailer. Also... Rasputin now has my favourite quote from anything ever. He says, I don't like to make decisions on an empty stomach, or when my balls are not empty. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. And that is now going to be my slogan for most things, whenever people try to make me hurry up a decision. Oh, God. (laughs) Be careful where you say that, you know, it's... uh... It's a bloody PC gone mad kind of world out bloody there. Bloody PC gone mad. Ray Fiennes took it in good stead, though. He gave it the good old British... Well, it's a bloody good job dinner's about to be served, then, isn't it? <laughs> um, and then the last one I want to talk about before the big trailer is The Power of the Dog. So this has won awards at um, New York Film Festival, Toronto Film Festival, and a, another one, I'm not entirely sure. This is coming out on Netflix at the end of the year. This is starring Benedict Cumberbatch, um, Chris, uh, Kirsten Dunst, Elizabeth Moss, Jer- uh, Jesse Plements, and the guy who plays Nightcrawler, and I've forgotten his name, um, something Schmidt McPhee. Anyway, we know who yeah. his name is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
This is a very dark-looking Western film, which I'm all about seeing Benedict Cumberbatch in a dark Western. It felt like very much There Will Be Blood vibes. Yeah. Um, apparently, it's uh, two brothers, are co-owners of a Montana ranch jewel, over which one will get married. But I didn't get that from the trailer. The trailer was very just ominous and slow, but it made... Benedict Cumberbatch look really dark, and I'm like, okay, yeah, give me villainous Cumberbatch. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So this is coming out on Netflix. It says release date on the 2nd of September, but it's not. It's definitely been pushed back. Um, yeah, if it was the 2nd of September, that's website. like next week, isn't it? So Yeah, um, Power of the Dog. It's not actually saying... I'm on Netflix right now. It's not actually saying to me. It's getting a cinema release on the 5th of November, I think it is. And I think it's end of November, beginning of December. It comes out on Netflix. It's so quite, a, for those awards. quite a tricky time to release any film because you're up against Eternals in November and then you're up against Spider-Man No Way Home in December. Yeah, but it's the like... people that are going to see The Power of the Dog are probably not the same people who are fighting <laughs> over seeing The Eternals. You know what no. I mean? <laughs> yeah, I guess um, so. I guess it'll be interesting yeah. to see, though, because like box office performance has kind of been a little bit lukewarm at the moment anyway so it'd be interesting to see how much that changes when the big marvel films hit i know black widow was a little bit a little bit weird but that's because it was still in a bit of a weird time where there was like restrictions Mm -hmm. everywhere but maybe by november a lot of that clears up and maybe we kind of see whether or not that it's really impacted the box office because I don't think Eternals is coming to Disney Plus, is it? It's not getting like an exclusive release. No, thing, like, Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi and Eternals, they've got pushed back streaming releases, so that'll be after it's left cinemas. Yeah. Uh, we spoke about that when we talked about the ScarJo lawsuit mm-hmm. the other week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think the MCU will help um the box office so much it'll be the much needed injection of cash that it needs to get back in there and keep cinema chains going to make the rest of the year so yeah um shall we talk about the big boy trailer right biggest of boy trailers we have a big boy trailer but chris you've actually already done a breakdown of this right you have a youtube (laughs) channel where you do all this kind of stuff so it's just probably worth nerdy shit he does some pretty nerdy shit over on youtube don't you yeah, like you think this is you think this YouTube. is bad. You think this is bad. <laughs> I, I, I did do a 37 minute breakdown of this trailer. If you want to hear me talk about lots of stuff. I know. But I think we could talk- Let's pre-war you. This isn't going to be 37 minutes. <laughs> uh, 27 want, minutes. 27 if you, minutes. If you want the 37 minute version, go head over to Chris Captures on YouTube and watch that. <laughs> but we're going to do like the bullet points. We're going to do the bits that aren't like probably the heavy comic book references. We're just going to chat the film. Um, mm-hmm. because there's all there's a it's big 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 ties to the original films obviously like the Sam Raimi trilogy the Andrew Garfield trilogy um, very exciting um, first thing I want to chat to you about is you mentioned about the Sinister Six oh yes so yes, I did <laughs> who do you think the six are going to be then okay so I think we saw all six of them in this trailer. Some of them were very hard to see, like, especially the last one that I'll talk about. I think we've got a villain from every Spider-Man film up to Homecoming. Um, 
obviously Mysterio was the one that's kicked all these events off. So I don't think he's included in the Sinister Six. I don't think they're bringing him back. Mm. But I think we're bringing back at least one villain from every film before this. So Green Goblin, we had confirmed in this with the the Goblin and Pumpkin yeah, Bombs, yeah. the laugh. And I think we can just about see the Goblin Gliders green lights and stuff glowing okay. when we first see the tentacles from Doc Ock as well. Mm-hmm. Second of all, obviously Doc Ock, that is the one that is 100% confirmed. We saw his face, we saw his tentacles and everything. We know Alfred Molina is back, and I think he looks younger in this than he did during Spider-Man right, 2, he, which was 20 years ago. He is definitely de-aged in this, because yeah, he had an interview where he talked about that he went through the de-aging process Mm-hmm. So he he is a hundred percent the age, but he does look younger. I just I think generally he looks younger anyway. Even in what was it, promising young woman? I think he looks younger in that. I think obviously people are just taking better care of themselves nowadays, like all the time, aren't they? Especially yeah. in Hollywood, the agents are like use more moisturizer. Yeah, I think it's. <laughs> um, I think he looks also a lot slimmer. I think that's probably the other thing mm-hmm. that makes him look quite young, like. He looks like maybe he's like knowing that he's going to be doing a Marvel film that he's jumped onto like some crazy dieting workout thing. It's possible, yeah. It also like how, how you mentioned about his outfit in your video. Um, it's very reminiscent of the outfit that um, is it Doctor Octavia in. Um, Oh, uh, Olivia Octavia. Yeah, it's yeah. quite similar to that. It gave me that kind of vibes with like the tr- the turtleneck and the trench coat as well. Yeah, this is definitely sort of like the two thousands esque aesthetic. You know, after like the nineties show had him in like the green and orange suit with the big tentacles and the big metal belt and stuff. This is definitely a lot more the modern take of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I so heard, it looks so good. His tentacles look amazing in this as well. Yeah, an interesting thing about this is that, obviously, if we're assuming that he's talking to um, Tom Holland, Peter Parker there, but how does Alfred Molina, Doc Ark, recognise Tom Holland as Peter Parker unless he know, unless he's seeing him in his Spider-Man suit? Yeah, um, so... But I don't think the scene that you see right after that, I don't think they're directly linked in any way at all. I, I think he's... I think maybe that's, like, a bit different. And maybe he sees... He sees the spider... Because he knows, doesn't he? He knows in the... um Where he's up to in Spider-Man 2 that... Um, yeah, at the end, at the final fight, uh, yeah. Toby Maguire takes his mask off. Yeah, so he knows. And if he's pulled out of the point where... Um, they're going to kind of like die or whatever if he's pulled mm-hmm. out of the point where he's causing like a a, ta- a world ending event or what have you then a nexus event nexus event yeah <laughs> well there you go um, all comes full circle when you put it like that yeah uh, I had to take a second to realise there's the link I think um, there's a couple of ways they, they could explain it either this version of Doc Ock if, the, if we're not getting the other two Spider-Men back, it's possible that in this version where Doc Ock is taken from, Tom Holland was the Spider-Man who went through the events of Spider-Man 2, possibly. Or, like you said, he's just seeing him in the Spider-Man suit, so he just automatically assumes it's Peter. Or the final way, which could be quite interesting, is, uh, well, he could be talking to Tobey Maguire as well. That is um, that is the other thing that could be happening. Yeah. It could be it could be a different scene in Toby Maguire's there, or possibly because when we see him come out, we're assuming it's um, that bridge fight, which is going over the Hudson, which is where he died in Spider-Man Two. So it makes sense as to why that's where he's resurrected. Possibly 
Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man gets pulled through at the same time as him. Or um, I've seen a few people posing the theory that maybe... Obviously, Doc Ock is one of the smartest people in the Marvel Universe. Like, he's incredibly smart. Um, he's a scientist, and he has wrote loads of different theories about theoretical sciences and physics and stuff like that. So if he has a concept of the multiverse, and he just he sees a guy put on a Spider-Man suit, he might be smart enough to figure out, he's like, oh, this is just an alternate reality version of Peter, maybe. Yeah. If he's experienced something before it, and then he, he sees that he's in a different universe, and there's a new Spider-Man, he'll just assume that it's Peter. Do you reckon, because Alfred Molina pretty much like spilled the beans on him reprising his role, like there was rumours mm-hmm. and stuff of him casting it, Um it was like he kind of spoiled the fact he was returning as Doc Ock because that was a big thing. It's like someone else did it yeah. instead of uh, Tom Holland. Do you reckon maybe the plan for the original trailer was to show him off or do you reckon they were maybe going to show one of the others off instead? Because um, I know they, te- they teased was... the Green Goblin. They obviously teased the pumpkin bomb for the Green Goblin. Yeah, I think we're working around CGI at the moment. I think Doc Ock is easy to do, especially that one shot of Alfred Molina. Like, we didn't see his arms in that shot. We saw his arms separately, didn't we? Mm. So that's a lot easier to put in the trailer than, I'm assuming, Green Goblin for most of this film is going to be 100% CGI when he's flying on the glider and stuff. Yeah, It's I- only going to be like the hero shots, as they call it, you know, the close-ups without the mask on and stuff like that. That's the only practical version we're probably going to see. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you get Green Goblin just in costume, like you said, and it's literally just William, Willem Dafoe doing voice acting over the top, mm-hmm. maybe. Because yeah. Willem Dafoe has kind of been dodging the questions, like a lot of people asking him, is he going to be reprising his role? And his answers has just been, you know, I'm a pretty busy guy right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's definitely one of the Raimi versions of it. Like, I don't think we're going to see James Franco back. Um, I think it would definitely be Green Goblin. Like you said, whether we see him without his mask on, it'll be a bit of a waste if you're getting him in to do voice acting. You could try and get him on set for one day to like take his helmet off for like one shot. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, yeah. So, uh, shall we carry on with the rest of the Sinister Six then? Yeah, that, uh, that was a lot. So we got the uh, Spider Man and spider-man 2 covered off i reckon we see sandman in this yeah obviously the first time we see electro's lightning there's a lot of dust and sand being kicked up and obviously in new york obviously like it's a big city so it is dirty and dusty and stuff like that but that is too much you know what i mean unless a building's just been blown up you're not getting that much and the way it was swirling around like electricity won't be doing that and then later on we actually see like what i thought was you know when you saw the giant versions of Sandman in, in mm. Spider-Man 3 mm. and you see like a shoulders and a rough head outline and stuff? I saw that blocking lightning from hitting Peter. So yeah. I reckon maybe we're seeing, maybe during the final act, because he was wearing his black suit, uh, maybe during the final act, um, Sandman turned sides because we saw at the end of Spider-Man 3 he was kind of uh, remorseful for what he did to Uncle Ben. Um, he was feeling really guilty for it, so maybe he's now... The guilt's gotten too much and he protects um, 
Peter maybe sacrifices himself, maybe, because lightning against sand, it'll turn it into glass, won't it? And it'll shatter, so... Yeah, the only other thing you could have is the... One, the CGI could be different for the trailer. Like, it could be mm-hmm. purposely being a little bit less clear. The other yeah. thing is, is it could also be... Because you see it, like, almost erupt out of the ground. It mm-hmm. could also be Doctor Strange. You never know. It, it could be. Yeah. 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 Um. After that, we know Electro is coming back, who is yeah. from Amazing Spider-Man Two. Yeah. So, that's and four. we know Vulture's coming back yeah, as well. That's five. From, yeah. Yeah. So the only film that is missing some sort of representation in here is Amazing Spider-Man One. But we do see a shot of Peter in his suit, possibly on his way to his court hearing. Um, it's the same outfit that he's wearing when he puts on the Iron Spider suit on the Hudson Bridge. Um, we see him, and it's really dark, so in my video I had to like boost the gamma and everything on it so that you could see what it looked like. There's a large, large hulking figure behind him, behind some sort of force field barrier, and it's like a big claw action sweeps at the thing. So it would make sense if we wanted to tie all the Spider-Man films and form a Sinister Six that they would bring Lizard back from Amazing Spider-Man. I kind of hope they don't bring Lizard back because I didn't really like that rendition of Lizard. No, the Amazing Spider-Man films were... They had some really good bits and then the villains really let it down. Um, But, I mean, if it fills it in, they don't need to give him much screen time, you know what I mean? He can just kind of be there as, like, an extra body. He could possibly be the first one that they beat, you know what I mean? Sort of like how in Homecoming we had their version of... um, shocker to begin with you got seen off and then we got a new version of shocker you don't think we're gonna get a paul giamatti rhino it's possible it's possible we haven't seen any sort of hints to it and like that seemed like who else could that have been in that scene you know what i mean Mm. um i i I doubt we're gonna get like a venom tease or something like that so who else has got like a big hulking body like with a claw and stuff like that unless it's sandman bulking up his form um unless we are getting an all new version of rhino the version of electro that we're getting apparently isn't going to be blue and his lightning is yellow whereas his lightning was blue in amazing spider-man so unless we're going to get redesigns and it could be maybe almost like the classic rhino of just like a giant guy in a suit yeah (laughs) Uh, but i didn't see a horn on his forehead it's. I'm not ruling it out. We might have just not seen him, but I felt like they set up the other six members. Except for Vulture, we didn't see anything of. We only saw five out of the six, but I think it's been confirmed by Michael Keaton that he's coming back because I'm sure he had an interview where he's like, I don't understand multiverse stuff, but I'm doing multiverse films. And he was like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm doing this multiverse, but I don't understand it. Oh, yeah, I'm coming back as Batman, but I don't understand it. Yeah, the only other thing it could be is like that there was that tease where um, Michael Keaton's vulture was speaking to who we can only assume is going to be Scorpion. Yeah, in uh, at the end of Homecoming in the post credits. Yeah, so you could potentially have a bit of a tie there, maybe. Yeah, you could maybe get a version of Scorpion. That could have been who it was. Some versions of Scorpion are bigger with like metallic claws and stuff. We did also uh, but see that... they haven't that... set it up. They would have to set up a whole new villain, you know what I mean? It wouldn't be as impactful as bringing back an established villain. Yeah, I mean, but it was a big actor playing him. Um, it was yeah, Michael yeah, Mando. Definitely. And it was also... 
you have also seen Scorpion in uh, Into the Spider-Verse recently as well. Yeah. So. But we again, that see. was just for one scene, wasn't it? So. Yeah, because yep. I mean, um, it could be because it could be like the the green comic booky kind of version of him, mm-hmm. where he's where yeah. he pretty much looks like Lizard. Yeah, yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. Um, what else should we talk about? Did you think that was Charlie Cox's Daredevil Absolutely in that interrogation not. scene? <laughs> Absolutely not. I don't... It definitely seemed like a bit of a larger middle aged bloke, didn't it? <laughs> well, these seem like the guys who were putting the pressure on him, and I think maybe when you have this scene. You're gonna basically see like Charlie Cox like walk in and be like, "Can you leave I'm my his lawyer?" Yeah, I'm his lawyer. Can you leave my <laughs> yeah. client alone? And then that's where it's gonna kick in. I reckon comes in Harvey Specter in it up. Yeah, or um, or base because that's gonna be at the beginning, right? And then he's yeah, gonna first act. and then he's gonna go to Stephen Strange and then mess everything up. So mm-hmm. he's just basically. I loved. Yeah. I loved those scenes with Doctor Strange that we saw. Yeah, I, I, a lot of the Doctor Strange stuff looks crazy, like the thing with the trains. But it's strange because it almost... Well, well, well I think that was... Um, it, it's weird because it looks like he's almost having a fight with Peter at that point. Yeah, I reckon Peter ends up taking... So the the thumbnail for the trailer is... Doctor Strange knocking him out of his body, like astral projecting him the same way the Ancient One did to him and the Ancient One did to um, the Hulk, wasn't it? Yeah. And he's holding like that cube, almost looks like a mother box, but it's got the same um, seal that is on the Sanctum Santorum. Yeah. I reckon after the spell goes wrong, we see that like little glowing orb thing. He might encase that in there and Doctor Strange is like, oh, shit's going wrong with the multiverse. I need this for like his own things. And Peter's like, I'm going to like, try and sneaky, sneaky steal this so that I can close the breaches and fix the mistakes that I've made mm. while also making sure that the people that I want to remember me can still remember me. Mm. It's possible. So I reckon they might be at odds and like Doctor Strange is like, oh, this is much bigger than whatever you think is going on. It's much bigger than MJ remembering who you are and stuff like that. Well, it's um, going to be a lot of bleep and twists, then they and te- twists and turns, isn't there? They're going to fight for a bit and then team up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Classic superhero films. Classic superhero films. Um, right. Shall we move on to our other topic then? Um, because I feel like we need to kind of move on. So yeah. we're very excited. If anybody's got any questions that they want us to talk about about Spider-Man, we've talked this film to death already and it's not even out yet. Yeah. Just leave us a comment on one of the socials or something like that, asking us a question, what we think a certain thing in the trailer was. Yeah. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. Socials. Get real pod on socials. So our second topic for the week is about The Witcher Nightmare of the Wolf, which is the animated spin-off on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, general thoughts? Are we going to do spoilers, non-spoilers on this, or should we just talk uh, spoilers? <sighs> yeah, I think we just talk spoilers with this, because there's not really anything that you can spoil until the last ten minutes, and then it's kind of like... The film's done by that point, isn't it? So you may as well just talk about spoilers and we just talk about the whole thing all at once. Yeah, so it is very much that, right? It's like a very rare and heavy film where everything that's the main action set piece of the film is like, there's nothing, it's not even that long. It's just the literally the last like 15 minutes. Yeah, it, it's one hour, 20 minutes. And we both said it kind of felt like a four-episode miniseries that was kind of chopped into a movie. Mm. Um, 
and it I think it did spoil the pacing a little bit, but it doesn't make it not enjoyable. You know what I mean? Like it's still really enjoyable. Um, yeah. It just felt a little bit, like you said, very much reloaded. Like we were discussing yesterday, and it felt like the second act started with only like 20, 30 minutes left of the runtime. So like you've already had an hour, which was the first act. Yeah, and by any means, this is not a long film. It's not a long no, it, film. No, it's one hour, 23 minutes. Um, interestingly enough, it is currently hitting 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, that is the critic feedback, but it does only have 16 reviews as well. I was reading these yesterday um, while I was watching the film, and a lot of people are like, if you love The Witcher, you're going to love it. If you're not interested in the franchise, then you're going to end up very confused, and you, you might not enjoy it too much. But everyone's like, if you love The Witcher, you'll love this. It seems yeah. like the only reviewers are all like The Witcher fans, you know, almost like the early reviews for Wonder Woman were all Wonder Woman fans. Mm. And to be fair, it does feel very respectful towards The Witcher universe, like in mm-hmm. terms of the games and the TV show. It seems yeah. to have like the grittiness and violence of the TV show with like the kind of fantasy elements, high fantasy uh, music themes of the game it kind of like blends the two together really well and yeah. plus it's quite interesting that they went with like young Vesemir to tell his story because he's going to get introduced in season two and then so obviously... when i was watching this i had completely forgotten everything about the witcher like i was watching it i was like okay yeah i get witches and i get uh witches and mages and stuff like that okay yeah i get that and i understand the monsters I couldn't remember anybody's buddy name. I couldn't remember the name of any of the factions and the cities and anything like that. And I was like, Vesemir, Vesemir, Vesemir. Where do I know the name Vesemir from? And then I, I Googled it and like all the headlines were like, oh no, they've made the witch's old man Vesemir young and hot. And I'm like, simmer down now, simmer down. I was like, oh, so this is Geralt's like teacher. Okay, I understand where this falls in the timeline and stuff now. Because I completely was like, where, where's this taking place until I realised that it was Vesemir that you said we're getting in season two. Yeah, exactly. Um I like I, I quite liked it. I quite liked how you, you got to tell someone's story other than Geralt. Um mm-hmm. and it obviously still ties in and will add value to when you watch the next season of The Witcher. That it just gives you that con context to to the past basically. But um I like I was really lost to be fair. Like I get the Witcher, I get like the premise of it but mm-hmm. by about like from like maybe 20 minutes in to about f- that last final bat fight i was like completely lost i was a bit like i wasn't sure why someone was now all of a sudden the bad guy and yeah I was... they spent way too long doing things that kind of weren't 100 percent necessary things that are gonna get explained again in season two of the show so like every like all the twists and stuff were like they were set up like it was well written but it felt like it lost it in the pacing and the editing a bit like you said like I just got lost and I was like okay when the reveals happened I was like okay it makes sense but at the same time huh <laughs> yeah huh? the sta- the standouts for me were like that final big action set piece and the actually the very beginning um, where you had yeah. the uh, the carriage, the attack on the carriage, um, mm-hmm. but that shock factor where that um, tentacle or vine or whatever goes through the guy, yeah. and it's like it's really grimace. It's like it kicked it off, and I was like, oh, okay, okay, we're doing this. 
Yeah, that that tells you straight away that it's like going full full Witcher, like full brutality mm-hmm. on it. Um and that kind of happens at the end. Like I really loved all like the the, the horror creatures. Uh, I thought all the monsters were really cool. Visually great. Visually great. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. It was from so a was... Korean Korean uh, studio, this, I believe. So, yeah, so it's Studio Mir, which are the same guys that did Dota Dragon's Blood, and you can tell that by looking at it. But this just looked so much... Like, it felt so much better. Like, I was watching Dota Dragon's Blood, and everything felt a bit stagnant, and, like, the movement felt strange and stuff, whereas this was really fluid. I really enjoyed, especially when the action kicked in and things were getting faster. That was one thing that really was a letdown for me with uh, Dota Dragon's Blood. Like, it was almost there, but it felt a bit weak, whereas this didn't miss the mark on that, so I enjoyed yeah. that a lot more. Yeah, stuff hit. But like I said, I, I really can't remember, like, the middle of this the, the middle of this movie. And I that's got kinda... really confused with the young kids, because they were flipping between young Vesemir, weren't they? And yeah. the new kids, and that really threw me off, because they didn't say, like, like, five years earlier or, like... 70 years earlier or anything like that. So I was like, what what yeah, are you watching? Because there was also young kids, one of which being Geralt right at the end, which is why like... Why bald? Yeah, well, why has he not got all this? Because he's got a lot of hair, right? Yeah, like he's got white hair. Like that's like his defining feature. I think they only did that so that the last line of the film actually had an impact. Like it, it I think they just played it for shock factor. I yeah. think that was the only reason why they didn't give him white hair. Yeah, but I mean, all you have to look at is when you search Nightmare of the Wolf on Google, it says how it sets up season two, how it sets up season... And it doesn't set up anything. It's just saying that Vesemir like, was met Geralt, which if you yeah. played Wild Hunt, you start the game with those two like training each other anyway. Yeah, I think all of the second one is all about their um, relationship together. I'm quite excited though because if it if they take like because obviously this is going to be kind of this is going to have been uh, co-written alongside the people who are most likely doing the Netflix uh, mm-hmm. series as well that it's quite cool with some of the monster choices that they've gone with like they went big and epic in this mm-hmm. um, which is fun because I'm hoping maybe now that season one of The Witcher was received really really well that maybe they've got the ability to go something a bit big like that in Season 2, because Season 2 didn't really... The trailer didn't really give much away in terms of what monsters we're going to be seeing or anything like that. It just kind of has Cavill, like, looking at them with his sword mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, And that's probably, like, like what you said about No Way Home, where it's, like, a bit of a limitation of probably where the CGI is up to. But yeah. it gives me good hopes that that may be starting to branch out into rather than it being this kind of small fantasy story that it's like in this big, big, big world. And there's, there's obviously much larger monsters than what you see. I mean, we did get f- fucking in which I, I keep forgetting which one's got that weird timeline bouncing around things. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised this... if we see a bit of that in season two as well, because the witch is very strange. I, I, yeah. I've just remembered how really strange it is in terms of how it keeps <laughs> bouncing back and forward. Yeah. Yeah. The way they told the narrative, it was really interesting, but strange at the same time. Yeah. I think, the first half of season two might be set over a couple years, maybe. Um, like, it might move really fast to begin with. Maybe not the first half, but maybe the first couple episodes while they're training um, Siri to be a Witcher and stuff. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I thought the voice acting in this was absolutely outstanding as well. There's definitely voices in there that you'll recognize and stuff like that. So it was it was Theo James voice in Vesemir, and I wasn't sure if it was uh, Graham McTavish or Liam Cunningham that was voicing uh, Deglin. Oh but it's yeah, Graham McTavish, who yeah, you'll yeah. know from um, the Hobbit films and stuff like that. He played mm-hmm. one of the dwarfs. He played one of the younger Bruiser ones. Mm-hmm. I thought middle-aged the, Ferdorf. I thought that was a good relationship because that was kind of a bit of a parallel between like Geralt and Vesemir yeah. when Geralt's older. It was pretty much that kind of relationship. So this for me was like a better trailer for season two than the trailer for season two was. Like this, like got me back into the world and it like helped me understand a few things that, like you said, are definitely going to pay off in season two. Yeah, it's a shame that the the season two trailer is so forgettable. Like, it just shows Siri being Siri. It just shows more Yennefer, more Geralt, but not more yeah. not more in terms of, like, the, the stuff that we saw in Season 1. Like, forgetting that we saw bloody dragons in Season 1. You know what I mean? Like Bad CGI dragons. <laughs> bad CGI dragons, of course, but we still saw dragons nonetheless. Hopefully they got a bigger budget. <laughs> I definitely think they will. Definitely think they will. So um, this is, it's weird. So we said it's on 100% Rotten Tomato. That's critic score. Audience scores are a bit more mixed. IMDb, it's at 7.6. Metacritic, it's at 68. And on Rotten Tomatoes, um, user score, it's on 88. So it's still overwhelmingly positive. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is definitely a lot more mixed. I think people are having sort of the same issues that we are. Um, I think this would have been much better as maybe like, an hour long, just like like a one hour thing, and it just had like the first thirty minutes and the last thirty minutes. Yeah, maybe without I think probably all the, would have been better without all the chaff in the middle. Maybe. Yeah. Um, also, there's some characters that we only saw in one scene, and then we're meant to be bothered when they die and stuff. I was like, I kind of missed a little bit. Yeah, um, I kind of wanna... meant something for the characters. Yeah, I think I'm going to go and re-watch season one before we hit season two. I um, I was watching it, I was like, fucking hell, I need to re-watch season one. Yeah, it's <laughs> exactly, be so lost. exactly how I'm probably going to re-watch the original Spider-Man films, including Amazing Spider-Man leading up to No Way Home as well. Uh, maybe, maybe that's an episode that we do, because I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, that's two episodes. We'll do the Raimi trilogy, and then we'll do the Amazing Spider-Man uh, one and two as well. Yeah. I think that sounds like mm-hmm. a plan. That sounds like a good plan, that. And Is I there think... anything else that you want to say about The Witcher? No, I was just about to say it sounds like we're also wrapping up the episode, to be honest. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, let us know if you what you thought of uh, the No Way Home trailer. Let us know what you thought of Nightmare of the Wolf, if that's your kind of thing. We've kind of ticked the boxes for uh, a couple of different kinds of movie watchers this week, which is uh, kind yeah. of fun. Bit of a Bit of a spread. Bit Do of we want to give it a rating before we... Finally, end the episode. Um, how many? Off. How many wolf medallions do you give it? I would give it um, six dead children's wolf medallions out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. I give what it. What would you give it? I give it one bloody tentacle through a guy's whatever through his mouth into his into the sky. Out of out of. Out of ten, I, I don't know. I don't a know what. One I'm out of ten? No, it's not a one out of ten. It was. It was um, probably about probably about five 
a rough like five out of ten. I think it's just because like I literally forgot everything that happened halfway through. And yeah. I think it was just because like I I switched off, and if I switch off from something, I'm like, hmm, yeah, <laughs> maybe not. So. Five is I think how many decapitations we had in this one hour twenty minute runtime as well. <laughs> yeah, five decapitations. <laughs> You've had out decapitations. Of 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that turned out really quick. Let's uh, wrap it up. So, yeah, make sure you're following us on our socials, which is at Get Real Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, you can also write in um, with an email at getrealpoduk at gmail.com. If you want to support the podcast, the best way you can do that is to leave us a rate and review wherever you listen to us, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Deezer, iHeartRadio, wherever it is, we're literally everywhere. The Google Play Store as well, don't forget that one. Um, or if you want, head over to Podchaser, leave us a rate and review on there, and we'll syndicate it to all the other podcast distributors. So you only need to leave us one rate and review, and it's like you're leaving us like five or six on different Jeez. platforms. You know what I mean? Min-max. Min-max. But even better than that, share our socials out when you see us post something just repost it to your timeline tell one friend about us tell two friends about us if you want scream from the rooftops and tell everybody about us uh, if you really want go into work and just call like a, a meeting or hand around a memo with our names on it or something like that <laughs> um, yeah uh, if you want to hear more about the Spider-Man trailer like we said I talked about it for 27 minutes on my YouTube channel Chris Captures where I am always pushing the podcast all the time so yeah uh, don't forget, listen to the Get Real Gaming Boys as well. We nearly missed that off. Whew. Don't want to forget about their boys because they've got a big week coming up. Games can't happen yesterday and boy howdy, there was too much being announced. <laughs> so they're going to have an action-packed episode and they've got a, like a game every other week coming out at the moment for the rest of the year. We've got like a film every other week coming out now. Yeah, so it's going to be a heavy week leading up to Christmas now. A yeah. Marvel... next week. That's it. Marvel film every week. Uh, sorry, not every week. Every month. <laughs> it's almost every week with the with the Disney Plus properties as well. I think we will literally have something every week. Yeah, whether it's a film or an episode of a TV show. Crazy. Um, a heads up as well. Our Shang Chi episode may be a little bit later than usual, just because you're away. So uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we will hopefully still be able to record it before the Sunday. Hopefully. Well, it's it's not recording it. It's probably trying to watch it. That's probably <laughs> the challenge that we've got. Um, Midnight showing. Anyway, not we'll, on the release day. <laughs> anyway, let's wrap it up there. Uh, thank you for listening and take care.